Hamilton in Montreal. Today, Today. on the Cats Audio Network. Now, back to Andy Fantuz and Bubba O'Neill. Where else would you rather be right now? You know that old football saying. Thank you, Marv Levy. When it's playoff action in Montreal as the Ticats and Alouettes, Marv Levy's old club, are just about uh, 40 minutes away from kickoff, and you are listening to Ticats free, Tiger Cats free game presented by Greenworks. Whether on offense or defense, Greenworks Tools has got you and your lawn covered. Tackle any chore like the pros with our full lineup of tools at greenworkstools.com. Bob O'Neill along with Andy Fantuz here and on the line with his former Ticats position, head coach, in-game analyst, John Salavanis. Folks, he has done it all. He's got his pre-game salutations with us right now. Coach Sal, as always, thanks for joining us. It's playoff time. Yeah, you're welcome, Bubba and Andy. Uh, it is playoff time, and uh, when it gets to be November, that's when the players and the coaches really crank it up. You know, I asked Andy off the top of the pregame show here about what nerves or what uh, approach you take, uh, you know, an hour before a playoff game. And, and and he talked about how he dealt with that kind of pressure. What is it like for the head coaching staff? What are What is their final run through about an hour before kickoff? Well, it starts before the hour, uh, before the kickoff. But the message is that, you know, it, it's tough to really control your breathing uh, at that time. As a coach, you're looking at your players and you're wondering, did I cover everything? Is there any little thing that I did not cover? Uh, and yet you don't want to approach the players because they're in their own little world uh, getting themselves ready for the game. So realistically, everybody is nervous. Everybody is in a, a high state of anxiety. But you've got to control it, and you've got to, you've got to understand uh, what's upcoming. Coach, you mentioned cranking it up as a coach. Can you elaborate on what that means? Well, you know, the, the fact is that, that as, a, as a coaching staff, once the playoffs begin, you really start to see uh, a shortened practice time with a lot of intensity. And, and that intensity comes from the coaching staff as they uh, set the, the tone for the players. And you'll see the players, and you as a player, I know, you pick up on that right away, and you, you understand that this is the time of year. It's a new season. Everything begins in this game. Yeah, no wasted energy, uh, both physically or mentally. It's a, just a hyper-focus moment or moments of, uh, of time all week long. Um, so this week we announced that both quarterbacks would would play. Then we hear that Matthew Schultz is starting and likely will uh, take most of the reps, if not all the reps. What what are your thoughts? Well, my first thought is, uh, you know, uh, let's remember this. Uh, after the second game against Montreal, Hamilton changed offensive coordinators. We know that. So this will be Schultz and coordinator Scott Milanovic first real crack at Montreal. Yes, they played them uh, a week ago, but this is the first time you will see uh, what Milanovic has planned uh, for Schultz and for the uh, Alouettes. You know, Schultz in that first game uh, under uh, Condell was 25 of 47, 345 yards, but he got zero TDs. Uh, through the air, and he had two intercepts in that game. 
But they didn't run the ball, Andy. They only ran the ball five times in that initial ball game. So I'm looking forward to uh, what Milanovic has got planned for this game. So if you were Milanovic, and I know we talk often about scripting the first 10 or 12 plays, the first drive or two, how would you set up that script to start the game offensively? Well, the key is going to be balance, run and pass. And if you look at what they did in the uh, three games previously, they they uh, basically uh, they threw the ball 106 times. They got zero TDs passing. They only ran the ball 26 times. And they had six interceptions in the game. So right away, you look at it and you say, okay, the first thing we've got to establish is the fact that we will run the football and we will continue to run the ball throughout the ball game and force you to come up and play close to the line of scrimmage, which is then going to give us a chance to go over the top. Yeah, you mentioned the season series, and you look. Uh, if I'm looking at all the stats, I mean, obviously wins is, is lopsided and, and the points, but first down, sacks, time of possession, just yardage overall, fairly, fairly uh, even, I, I would say, overall. Except for except for the turnovers now, 13 to four turnovers. So your negative nine turnover ratio. That's three turnovers a game. Like we talk about it all the time. But how how what do you what do you say to the players to sort of change that stat in the playoffs and not let that be the downfall? Well, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to get off to a good start. You're in uh, a. Uh, uh, a field of play where the fans are all going to be on the side of Montreal and you've got to be able to close that down. Uh, you've got to think in terms of a, a playing 60 minutes of football. You know, they were outscored, Hamilton was outscored in those three games, 39-7 to in that fourth quarter. So that has to be part of uh, the message to the players that, you know, you can't start slow and expect to catch up. They, they, uh, it just doesn't work out that way. All right, let's flip over to the defensive side. Um, I don't think, uh, I'm assuming you agree with me, I don't think we can take much from last game into into uh, consideration when we're game planning this one. What? How do you slow down Cody Fajardo in that offense? Well, that, that's difficult. He started all three games, and, and Cody's really at his best when he gets the run going. So uh, then he is able to use that play-action pass. Uh, he'll go deep on you, uh, don't, no doubt about that. He had uh, 62 times he threw the ball 20-plus yards. 26 of them uh, were completions. And Austin Mack was targeted 24 of those, and he made 10 catches. So we know what Fajardo can do. But he, he really makes uh, his best play when he reads his front uh, short to deep. He doesn't always want to go deep with the ball. So the defense needs to disrupt the rhythm of the receivers and uh, at the same time control that 50-50 ball. So take away the run to start with and you stop the play action passing and that'll give you an opportunity to get to Fajardo. Now in those three games uh, Hamilton defensive uh, group sacked him nine times. And, and in one of those games, he only played a quarter. So we know we can get to him uh, if we can once get the run game shut down. 
and make him drop back every down. You know, Coach, and that's something I'd want to hit on there, just go a little bit deeper. Is there something about his mechanics, his setup, his drop? Uh, it, he, as you said, he doesn't seem to invite a lot of sacks. Does he hold on? Like, what is it about his mechanics that allows a, opposing defenses to get to him so often? Well, Bubba, I don't think it's so much his mechanics as it is defenses have learned against him to take away the first read. Take that guy out of the equation and force him to hold the ball. And when he holds the ball, that's when the, when the front can get to him. But at the same time, you've got to remember that Cody will run with the football. So you've got to be very sure that if you pressure him, and I like the idea of pressuring him from the inside, uh, use some Will Max type stunts where you're bringing Simone off the edge or uh, right up the A gap, and you, and you bring Thurman in the B gap type thing where you overload the middle and, and force him uh, to move in that pocket. Now your defensive ends are really in play. They have to contain him, not let him get to the outside, and that's when the sacks will occur. Coach, I know we talked a lot last week about uh, smoke and mirrors, and uh, and you just mentioned that Austin Mack, the the um, MOP candidate from the Alouettes, was targeted 24 times, but only 10 catches. So that that to me is pretty good job by the Tie Cats. Uh, now, as a coach, no, no, wait, 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 let me stop you because you misunderstood what I said. The 24 targets were on the 20 plus yards that that, uh, that uh, Fajardo threw and he made 10 of those catches so he is the predominant guy on the deep ball gotcha okay okay and well th my question will still be valid here so last week I thought that the Ticats defense did do a pretty good job against Austin Mack um, now coming into this game com coming back to the smoke and mirrors how how worried are you about what they were doing last week being so vanilla about double moves and things to get over top this week when you're looking at these young DBs for the Ticats, Will Sunderland, Kenneth George, Dexter Lawson, are you, do you have to talk to these guys individually and really say, you know, don't, don't just trust what we saw last week, be ready for X, Y, and Z to go over top and, 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 and let them know how to defend it? Absolutely, because, you know, Sutherland, Sutherland has never played uh, but one game against the Montreal uh, team. So he, he, on his side, will get Austin Mack most of the time. So he and George have to really communicate over there. Now, I do think this, with knowing Jason Moss, he's going to test Leonard. He's going to go after him and see if he is fully healed. Uh, from that hamstring problem that he had. And he's going to try to go deep on that side also. So, yes, you, you've got to counsel your guys and say, you know, don't think that because last week all they did was one, two, throw the ball. This is going to be a lot different. This is, this is going to be the uh, Austin Mack turning you around and trying to make a fool out of you. So be aware. You know, Coach, one final thing. We're getting short on time here, but it, it, it was the talk on the CFL this week on the Ticats Audio Network. It's been the talk on TSN. Everyone's talking about the what Jason Moss called last week with that quick kick. Should there be any concerns in the fact that they planted a seed in that meaningless game? And how, what do you do in terms of preparing for that if they pull that trick out on a, on a second down and 20? Well, it, it's so difficult because uh, you would have to come up to the line of scrimmage 
and, and play that particular play. And if, if they come, your D comes to the line of scrimmage uh, with the halfback, they're not going to do it. They're going to go down downfield. And you mentioned uh, special teams, and we hadn't touched on that. That punter from uh, Montreal, Zima, is really good at placing the ball and putting teams uh, deep in their own end of the field. I would suspect we're going to have to put two guys back this week to make sure that ball doesn't go on the ground when it's punted. Well, you know, folks, we consider pregame salutations as primo on this broadcast. Coach Sal, thank you for your expertise, output, as always. Let's hope for a little East Division championship chatter on the Ticats Audio Network next week. Be positive. It's coming. <laughs>